This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I think you'll appreciate this. I think you'll like what I'm about to say. When Daniel Vogelback came up with the fourth inning with the bases loaded and one out, and he swung at a slider in the dirt on that 3-2 pitch. So he cannot get the run home. He doesn't draw a walk on what would have been ball four. I said out loud to my dad, because I was with my entire family, I said, I'm effing done with this guy. I'm done. (laughs) I've tried. I've battled with you. I've battled with others. Not that he's great, but he's not that bad. Look at this. Look at that. That just infuriated me. And you know what? I'm not alone. Because think about this. Vogelback strikes out. He has two more at-bats. He does nothing. In the second game of this pseudo-doubleheader against Jake Irvin, who's a righty, Daniel Vogelback did not play. And there have been very few times where Vogelback has sat against the righties. Sits against lefties, doesn't sit against righties. He sits the second game, obviously doesn't start the Monday game with Corbin on the mound, and this is just pure speculation on my part. Just me. I got no insiders here. I think we've reached close to the end here. I think that there are moments sometimes in which you say, okay, he's a nice player, he's fine, I'm not DFAing him necessarily, but I don't want to play him every single day. I don't think he's earned playing every single day. And I think we're closer to a Vientos Mauricio call up today than maybe we were 72 hours ago. First of all, the two guys are just hitting every single day. It's absurd. Every day. Every day I look up, Vientos sitting a home run. Mauricio's getting two hits. But I think now there's an opening. Like, Daniel Vogelback as a left-handed bat off the bench is probably his most ideal role. It's probably that. You know, I'm down two eighth inning. I don't mind sending Vogelback up as a pinch hitter. He's got a pretty good chance to get on base. He does. But that strikeout with the bases loaded was just, it was demoralizing. It was. So, this is pure speculation on my part. I, I do think that we are now less than a week away from one of the two guys being called up. And Vogel back and get moved to the bench because he's Buck Buck said it in the second game by not playing him. Now, sometimes you send messages with who you play and who you don't play. I, I was also a little surprised that Brett Beatty didn't get the start against Corbin on Monday afternoon because that was the second time in a short period of time where Beatty was sitting against lefties. I know he had cooled off, but then he started to show a pulse by getting a couple of base hits. Like Beatty was starting to show you something. Uh, he had two base hits in that suspended game on Sunday. Two base hits. So he started to show you something. 
And then he got on base once in the second game. I know he's not tearing the cover off the ball, but I mean, Eduardo Escobar sitting freaking 190. Yeah, but that's the point of these rookies, though. Like, you, you got to give them playing time. Like, you you can't go, listen, you, you know, you, ha- you had a couple games where you haven't hit, so we need to sit you a little bit more. It's like, let them play. That's that again. We've talked about it. Uh, it's nauseating how much we're talking about it, how little production anyone's giving this offense. Why are we trying to go through Escobar anymore? Why are we trying to go through? I mean, Canada's actually heated up a little bit. I guess Canada and Marte have shown you a little bit, a little bit. But well, they also shown the slap in the ass thing. What's that about? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I that, that that is the weakest celebration I've ever seen in my life. At this point, I don't give a damn what the celebration <laughs> is. As long as there's something happening. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this sucks, man. I don't I don't like doing the Rico when we lose every series. It's not as fun. I like having I like having some series wins to talk about. Let oh, this be the lowest of low in Rico Bronya history. I, Let this be it. I know, and I keep telling myself that that okay, this is the low of the season. This is the low of the season. This is the low of the season. This is the low. And it just never ends. You know, you go through these bad streaks, but then it ends and you get red hot. And the Mets have had a bad stretch for about three weeks now. That's a very extended bad stretch. I mentioned earlier, though, the Atlanta Braves have had a bad stretch. They've lost four games in a row, their longest losing streak since 2017. Oh, by the way, you know, we all get the Mauricio Vientos updates. I have a Daniel Murphy update. You guys want to hear a Daniel Murphy update and how he's doing? I'd love to. It's not good, by the way. I'm not, I'm not presenting you like he's hitting 350. Sign him. Daniel Murphy's average is down at 228 with a 694 OPS. So he's playing first base, he's playing second base, and he's not hitting over the last couple of weeks. Still what do you home. mean? He'd fit in perfectly with it with half of our lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if he's hitting 224. Against independent league pitching, I wonder what he's going to do when he has to face the immortal Jake Irvin. Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Maybe we should look at it the other way. Who's in the independent league? Maybe we should bring them to the pitch. Uh, that's true. We may have to start scouring the rosters to find that out. <laughs> well, here's what we know this week. They have this series against Tampa Bay. The rotation is lined up for Justin Verlander to make his city field debut. So that's kind of cool. That's sort of exciting. His first few starts have been on the road. It's weird. Justin Verlander spent his entire career in the American League. And yet, so far, his first three starts, two of which are going to be against American League teams. So he's not exactly getting used to the National League, but he will get used to our building his home city field debut against Tampa. Kodai Seng is going to pitch Wednesday and then Thursday afternoon, another afternoon game. Great. Tyler McGill is going to be on the mound. Here's where things get interesting. What do they do for the weekend? Here are the options. Carlos Carrasco made his rehab start on Sunday, so his fifth day would be Friday. Max Scherzer's fifth day would be on Friday. So it comes down to Scherzer or Carrasco for Friday, Saturday, and then I assume no David Peterson. They should should send – if he hasn't been sent down yet, I don't know what the hell's going on. I haven't seen an update yet uh, if the Mets sent him down, but, I, I mean, can you please? (laughs) <laughs> Can you please get another arm up here? And then when Carrasco's activated, that arm gets sent out. So it should be Scherzer Carrasco Friday, Saturday. 
and then Justin Verlander on Sunday. And here's what's so perfect for my pal, Kodai Senga. The Mets then have an off day. So you don't even need to stick another guy in the rotation to give Senga the extra day that you know you want to give him. How great is that? So then Senga would pitch either the Tuesday or the Wednesday game in Chicago against the Cubs. And then he's going to have to pitch on regular rest, which we still haven't seen him do. So that's the setup for these six games against Tampa and Cleveland. I I will give you this one semi-positive. That's baseball kind of positive thing. Wouldn't it be fitting, Pete, like you said earlier, how the Mets had earlier played better against better teams if the Mets go out and win a series against the Rays? Like, wouldn't that just feel so bizarre after all the losing and all the consecutive series they haven't won if they welcome in the Rays, who have been in New York for a week now, okay? They had a big, crazy party night, probably on Monday, living the life in New York City, that the Mets take advantage of it, win a series against Tampa. That'd be kind of cool. That'd make me feel good. That would that would change everything. I mean, I, I hate to be that, like, flip-floppy, but, like, to split a crappy series against the Nationals, to lose against some of these teams, and then to play competitive baseball against the biggest "Quote unquote, go. What are you, black magic team in the world? What, what, what do you what do you call it right now? What, black what magic they? rays. They got a lot of black magic going. A on. A lot of black magic and analytical assholes. Excuse me. Uh, they I, that would be amazing. That seriously would. I would. That would change my complexion of this team. Change my view of them at least because you sit there and say they could actually play real baseball against real teams, real opponents, and, and that's nice. what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, let's get to a couple of your emails. First of all, at the Rico gmail.com is the address. Charlie Frederick writes, Evan, you're a smart man and I respect what you're doing. The other week, you put the thought into the world that the Tampa Bay Rays success thus far has been, quote, abnormal. You used your influence to let the word spread at just the right time to let the Rays cool off before the Mets series. I feel a bit better playing the five and five raise over the last 10 games instead of the immortal April raise. Let's hope your plan works. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I got all these, I got all these plans going on. Aren't I utterly brilliant? Jordan writes, Hey guys, there's zero reason Peterson should have ever pitched in the game today. That of course is Monday. Now with cookie working his way back, Verlander could have pitched on normal rest. I don't want to hear any BS that we're saving him for the Rays. We need wins now. Sanga doesn't need three weeks between starts anymore. It's time to cut the rotation down and stop having rotation tryouts in May. And he writes out how he would line up the rotation. Verlander Monday, too late for that. Sanga Tuesday, McGill Wednesday, Lucchese Thursday, too late for Lucchese too because he's in the minors. Carrasco Friday, Scherzer Saturday, Verlander Sunday. You'll get everything you want. Just push Verlander to Tuesday. Now, I said that earlier in the pod. I think we're past this. We are past, let's try to get everybody an extra day. Justin Verlander's barely pitched. Max Scherzer's barely pitched. Max Scherzer's had too many days. Too many. He's barely thrown the baseball in the last month. So I, I do agree that it's time to just play. It's just time to, this is the five-man rotation And let's go. And your fingers are crossed that everybody stays healthy. Jimmy Kearney writes, losing is a disease. Hey, guys. The Mets were down 3-2 to in game one Saturday. It was the top of the ninth inning. One out, no one on. And Daniel Taylor Vogelback was at the plate with a 1-0 count. Hold on. Let me just 
confirm he's right about this. Game one Saturday. I think he means game one Sunday. Vogelback was up in the ninth inning. He is correct. There was a 1-0 count. Okay, so far, this all fact checks on my scorebook. Okay. The Mets, baseball 101. The Mets need a home run or a base runner. Vogelback doesn't hit home runs, but a walk is right up his big barrel chest in the wheelhouse. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Jimmy, you're good. What does Mr. Base on Balls do? Swing at the next pitch, and it's a ground ball to third. The third baseman bobbled the ball a half dozen times as he was performing a juggling act, but he was able to get Mr. Fleet afoot by three steps. Complete garbage. I'm done with Vogelback. Hold on a second. Jimmy is spot on. He has corrected me. Remember how earlier in the pod I said when Vogelback swung at the 3-2 pitch, that's when I said I was done with him? It's not true. It's the ninth inning. He's 100% right. Daniel Vogelback hit a ground ball to third. It's basically a ground ball to shortstop, but the new age shift had Candelario basically playing short, and Abrams is right around second base. Candelario bobbled it like five times. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm thinking, he's got to beat this. Like, how is he not going to beat this? And he was thrown out by a few steps. So, Jimmy, thank you. You're right. I was with, that was when I was done with fat ass, when he couldn't <laughs> beat out the ground ball to third base. By the way, Jimmy's not done yet. That was just paragraph number one of his diatribe. I love it. I'll offer you a theory My why Mauricio isn't here at second base and why Mitch Chill Sal swears we won't see him this year. Sal's not a Mets show. Uh, Sal and I argued about this on Friday. I think he's just repeating what he's heard in terms of the Mets' plans. So what I was pressing him on was what would you do, not what are the Mets going to do? So I'll defend Sal on that. McNeil is underperforming. It'd be hard to justify replacing Canna with him. Canna's been as productive as McNeil has in less games. He has more home runs, extra base hits, and runs scored. He has two less RBIs than McNeil, but has played in less games. McNeil, the 250 hitter of 2021 or 325 hitter of 2022, he has excellent back control and took advantage of the shift. The advantage from the shift is gone. And with that, maybe McNeil is a 280 hitter with very little power. By the way, he went 10 for 52 with three RBIs on, excuse me, and one run scored on the road trip. Perhaps that's what the front office is waiting to find out. What is Jeff McNeil? What happens come June 15th if McNeil is still hitting around 270? Canna and Marte are playing in the back of their baseball cars and Mauricio's hitting like Roy Hobbs. Last thing. Well, let me just, let's just go to that. I don't believe the Mets aren't calling up Ronnie Mauricio because of Jeff McNeil. I don't buy that for a second. Now, McNeil has not had a great year. I don't know if it's related necessarily to the shift. I don't think that's taken that many hits away from him. I think Mauricio hasn't been called up because they still just don't trust him to play second base. It's still a relatively new position for him. So I think a big part of why he's not up here has a lot to do with that. I think a big part of why Vientos isn't up here is because they don't trust him defensively either. That's why Buck said at one of his press conferences, he's just got to learn a master triple A and he's playing a lot of third base. This has a lot to do with defense. That, by the way, is not my defense of the Mets. I'm not agreeing with them. I'm explaining the why to the questions we all have, which is why aren't they here? 
And they've been pretty consistent about defense, 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 defense. They've looked foolish with it because Alvarez has looked great behind the plate and Beatty's looked pretty good at third base. But I think that's their reasoning. If all of those things are happening, like Canis hot and uh, Marte's hot and Mauricio's hot, would they bench Jeff McNeil? A little bit. Look, they just gave him an extension. McNeil has a track record. Uh, I think McNeil would still find a way to play just about every single day. may sit against lefties here and there, but I still think he would find a way to play every day. Last thing, a while back I emailed, it's time to pay attention to Tyler McGill. This isn't an I told you so because I wouldn't have made that bold of a statement based on his performance since then, but I've officially seen enough of David Peterson. If Carrasco is as bad as he was before he went to the IL, they're going to clearly need to find an arm. I'll bring the marshmallows to the soon-to-be dumpster fire that is the 2023 season. Signed, they suck. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was positive. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> then he went on and made comments about the show, but I'm going to leave that one out. What did he say? Something about me and Sal listening to Sal made me think you guys would make for a great life, a better description. Guy talk podcast. Oh, he wants me and Sal to do a podcast. <laughs> Because you don't do enough podcasting. I mean, gee, Jimmy, how many effing podcasts do you need me to do? Now, nah, it was very nice, though. He um, he was very sweet. Very nice. Thank you, Jimmy. Very funny stuff. I appreciate it. Don't necessarily agree with everything you said, but it's fine. So here we are, Matt fans. We embark on a six-game homestand, 20 and 22, and staring down the barrel of the gun of sucking. Hopefully, we can turn things around real soon because I'm getting a little bit fed up reading all these negative emails and me repeating all the negative stuff. What, Pete? What do you want? All right, so we've done this before, and we'll do this in a smaller sample size, just the next two series. What would you like the record to be in the next six games? I want to win the next two series. The Mets have to start winning series. So go four and two. That's what I'm asking for. I think if you can go four and two, get this bad boy back to 500, that's what this is about. Like as much as I would love to say, boy, I want an eight game winning streak. Boy, I want 12 out of 15. That's great. Of course we want that, but I just want to see this team win a series. They have not won a series, as I mentioned, since the Dodgers series on the West Coast. And considering the pitching that they have lined up, they have Justin Verlander going. They got Kodai Senga going. They're facing um, Beeks is starting the game on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I don't think they've announced anybody, and I think they're going to miss McClanahan, who pitched over the weekend against the Yankees. And obviously, they had the horrible news about uh, Drew Rasmussen, who's out now for, for a long period of time. So pitching-wise, we'll see what they face. But win the series. Win the series. Win the series against Tampa. Win the series against Cleveland. And obviously, you know how it is. Sometimes we react based on how it happens. So if they win the first two against Tampa and then they lose the finale and they blow a lead in game three, sure, I'm sure we would be a little picky and say that wasn't great. But what I'd like to see is win a few series and a few more and a few more after that. Just keep winning series. If you do that, you'll be fine. Now, is that my prediction? I honestly have no idea. I can't sit here and make a freaking prediction with this team. What do you think? What do you want? Just go five hundred. Oh come! On. I, I hate to. I hate to at be home right now. At home, yes, especially because the Rays will go one and two, and the Guardians, you say, go two and one, and there you go. It's not ideal. I'm not saying that's it's exciting, but I mean, I, I'm sick and tired of losing both series. I don't want to lose both series. You can't that can't happen. 
Well, no, it can happen. <laughs> it's probably the likeliest thing to happen. Oh, man. They're going to win the opener of the series against Tampa. I'll give you that prediction. And we may mix in some drive-home podcasts. We haven't done a lot of that. And I do plan on going to Tuesday night's game with my dad, Wednesday night's game. So I'll go to Tuesday, Wednesday. So be ready for a drive-home podcast. And then depending on how quickly Pete can post it, You'll either hear it the next morning or late that night. I have no idea. How quick's the turnaround time on these pods, Pete? What do you think? Lately, lately it's been awful because uh, <laughs> my my everything that is just going wrong with my uh, setup. So I, I it's it's not as quick as I'd like it to be. But listen, this one should be up by within an hour. All I'm right, say an hour. Look at that. So we'll try that. We're gonna try that probably for the Tuesday game. I'm gonna make a firm commitment to there will be a drive home podcast after game one of the series against Tampa. And all that means, and I do it very safely, is I turn the microphone on my phone while I'm driving home from City Field to give some reactions to the game. That's what it means. It means I can't look up, look at my scorecard, so no cheating because I'm driving. And uh, if someone cuts me off, I usually curse them out. So <laughs> there's talking about the series and there's talking about driving home. So we'll do that coming up. But we appreciate you listening and downloading. You can email the pod anytime, the RicoB at gmail.com. I think we've done a better job of reading the emails on the podcast because we want you to know we read it, we listen, and we care. So thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>